here we go. I want to share with you guys the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to share with you. Okay. Mm -hmm. Here we go. It is somewhere here. Yes, it's here. Yes, that's it. Great. Great. Okay. Good. So we have here a Bible world chronology that I created. It started in June 2011. And actually when the... Sorry, Fernando. Fernando I'm pretty sure God created that, not you. Yes, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help myself. I'm going to go away. Mm. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It was God who created it. I am using a very well-known uh, chronolo chronology by Bish Archbishop Usha, who did it in 581. To, he did about 60 actually. He's a, a guy from another island. And you say to me, Fernando, why you use him? Well, I use him because first, uh, he already did from Genesis to Abraham. And that is very, almost all the theologian, all the scholar agree with him in that respect, according to the Bible. Also, because in those days, there were no evolution theory. In those days, there were, he, he didn't do it out of competing or trying to prove science or to prove evolution or to prove Darwin or to prove anyone else. Mm -hmm. He did it because he felt it was right to do so in those days. And I'm glad to see that this man did it. So this work in this way. Uh, Anomundi, year AM, and before Christ, year BC. Before Christ, we believe that there were 4,000 years. And Anomundi will start with year one. Okay, that's the simple. Uh, and this goes out to the year 6,000. 6,000 is here. I'll show you quickly, and then we come back. We will come back. Wait, wait, you don't see. It is a lot to see, but uh, the... the the 6,000 years are here. Oh, dear. Sorry. It's here. So we, we get here that from Abraham to the historically proven records that are history already here. So we get almost to the year 6,000. And this is just an analysis. Do you hear me properly? Yes, sure. We hear you. Yeah. I can hear you fine. Echo, echo. I don't know why there's a little bit of a lot of feedback. Right. It shouldn't be. You know. It shouldn't Who's got the dodgy equipment? Everyone turns their their sound off. Yeah, I reckon it's Diego. I can it. I was on mute, but yeah, good idea. Okay. Hopefully it will be better now. Better so, now, yeah. So we have here that, uh, for example, uh, the crucifix, the born, the day that Jesus was born, it was the year four before Christ, before this time, okay? We said year four, more or less. That would have been the year 3,125 from the creation time. The crucifixion of our Lord Jesus it was in the year 29, according to the records, you know, 
and we go to the Israel being born in 1948, 1948, the year 5,873. And we believe, or I believe, that the year will go up to 6,000 years. 6,000 years will be in and the year 2067. We are in the year 2021, we go 40 years. So it's a good time for us to understand it. Now, this is only speculation that Fernando did in his Bible study. Doesn't mean it's going to be like that. But uh, I don't think anyone goes something else, but I believe in the prophecy of 2 Peter 3, 8 and Daniel 9, 27, that speak about these particular days here. Okay, now we're going to understand the, the early days and we go back here. We go back here to the beginning of time. And that's it. it. This, it goes here and this one. So the month, the day and the hour, the purpose of the Passover sacrificial lamb. To understand this is to understand what happened in the garden and the day that happened, and why Jesus was crucified a particular day, a particular time, and a certain season. And that is, that is perhaps to understand what we are doing today. Uh, perhaps if, uh, Ted, will you help me with the reading here, a paragraph here, perhaps, this one? Yeah, um, the month. One, the, 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 what, the big lot? The month, yes, please. Oh, this month shall be to you the beginning of months. Yeah, no, yeah. The, the big the big one here is better reading. The order is quite small. It's just the verse here. The, no, the, the reading is this side. It said the month. Okay, yeah, the month Nisan or Abib. The first month, uh, Strong's H2320. The new moon, by implication, a new lunar month, spring solstice. The day, Thursday, the 14th of the month of Nisan. The hour, kill it in the evening, that is the interval between the sun's beginning to the decline and sunset, corresponding to our three o'clock in the afternoon, Exodus 12. The sacrificial lamb of Exodus 12 is a template on which Jesus is going to work on. It is a prototype of the original one, just an example. The purpose of the sacrificial lamb was to convey the truth that what happened in the Garden of Eden in Genesis 3 is going to be restored to its original position and rights through the perfect human sacrifice. Amen. Yeah. To, to, to know the hour, the day, or what happened in the garden, it is very much linked to this understanding that what Jesus did on the cross, it was the universal template to restore everything. He didn't come to fulfill the Passover coming out of Egypt only. The Passover and the 2,000 years previous to the Lord Jesus Christ or, or the coming out of Egypt, it was just a template. It was just a, a prototype. It was an example of what was going to be according to the Jewish 
religion of a, a particular man, the Messiah, that is going to restore humanity to the first and, and the primal time where man used to be in the garden with God and used mm -hmm. to be together in communion and to bring Eden's vision to be fulfilled uh, in this earth. And that's why we find in the Lord's Prayer, you know, let, let your will be done in this, and as it is in heaven, let it be done on this earth. And it's always the will of God uh, uh, taking forward the vision of what is the life in the garden and the paradise coming to the earth. And the earth, now the church, being in charge to take this vision forward up to the day when he come back in order to give to the world a hope and a, and, and a expectation that there will be restoration uh, for man to go back to immortality. Okay? So yeah. the, the, the eternal principle of redemption is called. Redemption, the word redemption comes from the Latin word redemir, that means red is to buy, and amir means back, meaning to buy back, to get back what it belongs to somebody, what is there. So the action of regaining possession of somebody in exchange for a kind of payment, that is a, a redemption. The law of redemption or the principle of redemption work in the Lord Jesus Christ. He did it for all humanity. I'm glad that you are here, but he didn't do did it only for you or for me. He mm -hmm. did not do everything only for Christian church. He did it for all humanity. Yeah. What I am trying to bring around to you guys, it, 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 does it look? Yeah, yeah. What I'm trying to bring around to you is that Adam was kidnapped by a member of the family whom he trusted, listened, and obeyed. And that was Adam, the first Adam. The second Adam, Jesus, redeemed Adam by paying the ransom needed to have possession of him again. The moment of the kidnapping and the ransom, that is the more important moment in any negotiation of that kind, was synchronized. When the Lord Jesus was dying on the cross, he was actually reverting what happened in the garden. And when the garden happened something, the Lord Jesus made sure that would have been exactly the same pattern in order to take the copy and to reverse or put backwards what it happened in those moments there in the garden. So the synchronization of the moment of kidnapping Adam and Eve or using Adam and Eve or what we call generally is called the fall of Adam and Eve is that they were there, but there were an element, there were an individual that spoke into the ears and they were trusting this particular guy. They were having a sense of understanding and friendship and, and respect because it was major, it was bigger, it was stronger, it was a, a, a God is called in the Bible, called Elohim. Even he was not the Elohim or the highest Yahweh, but he was one of those who was seated right at the hand side of God and he was performing. Uh, with all right of authority. And now we know that that is the serpent, but the serpent is not a serpent. And that is that the story. The story comes to us in the way that anyone will understand it. Any analphabetic person will be able to receive the story. 
God in his wisdom writes something that is poetically, is metaphorically, in order for people to comprehend it. But the actual guy who was there, besides Adam and Eve, was a divine being. It was, a, a, it was one who knew well how humans uh, were created, and he saw the creation of humans before that. And this, this synchronization is where I take, and I believe, that what Jesus did, he did it universally. He said the Bible that he was the lamb that was slaughtered from the foundation of the world, meaning that it's universal. And he restored everything, no one part. He restored everything to the right position and it's going to be restored totally. So at this moment, we have an understanding of this principle of redemption. Does it make anything clear? Yeah. Questions? Ideas? No. Okay, so we move here. We move to this one. Mm -hmm. And this one need to be understand what happened to Adam and Eve in the garden. But we, we need to connect different verses. I'm going to read to, of, uh, yeah, I'm going to read to you these verses here. But uh, it, all of them come together in one picture. And that's what I'm trying to do with this verse here. God said, obviously, in Genesis, let us make man in our image, have dominion, rule, and procreate. I am, I am really summarizing everything. That's Genesis 1, 126 and all this. Man was put to take care of the garden. Genesis 2.15. The sons of God rejoice seeing the new creation. Job 38, verse 7. So here we have a picture that in Job 38, verse 7, it says that the son of God were the beginning of creation of this natural creation. And they were rejoicing. They were coupling. They were happy. They were, they were awesome. They were perplexed to see the beauty of the trees and, and the and the lamb and the and the creation and the birds flying and the fish uh, swimming in the seas and and then the cows and all this they, they never seen it before god said to them let us make man and actually at this at the day uh, friday at the sixth day but he had been working for five days and all of them were there they were with god and they were the council of God. They were the angels of God. They were the cherubim of God. They were the family, the, the spiritual family of God, not the natural family. God decided to create a, a natural family that is going to take this image of God and to uh, bring it to the earth in order to make a part of the beauty of what he's going to create. And the, and the creation day, these guys, all these angels, all these... Uh, principalities, all these uh, cherubims, that were they are full of joy. They, they couldn't believe how wonderful God said and things coming to be in Blossom. And they were very much part of what was going on. Now, in the point two, it said here, you were in the Eden anointing cherub who covers Ezekiel 28, 14. That means this guy was an Eden. And Adam and Eve were created in Eden, and he was put in Eden to take care of that. So he was asked to take care of the new family members, Adam and Eve. The cherub was asked, the cherub uh, in charge of God's presence and everything, and God asked the cherub, 
could you take care of this new couple? We are going to relate to them. We're going to develop. So the sheriff of, of, of Ezekiel 28 is, is an, an angel, a mighty figure who actually had all the knowledge and all understanding of this couple and they saw how they were created. Yeah. And this sheriff loved what God had done, but he felt a little bit annoying because there were things that were given to this natural couple that were never given to these spiritual beings. And that mm -hmm. where the dilemma start. And it says here uh, in Mark 9, 35, the Lord Jesus teaches that anyone who wants to be the first, he will be the last of all and servant of all. And the, the great sheriff have everything in it, have music, have power, have color, have beauty, has wisdom, it was the second in command. It was God and what the great cherubim. And God said, Bob, we are going to put this principle in practice and you're going to serve to take care of this family. Point number three. Then God said in Ezekiel 2, you said to the cherubim in your heart, I am too beautiful. I am too wise. I am too strong to serve these humans. So your prideful heart corrupted you, cherub. Ezekiel 28, verse 16 and 17. Obviously, I'm trying to summarize it and make it shorter, but this is what the actual, the Bible said in Ezekiel 28, when he said in his heart, you know, I will be seated there, I'll be more than high, more than God. And then in his heart, he was, he was very beautiful indeed. He was wisest than no other one would have been. And he was quite strong, would have been about seven meters high and strong and well-built. So, Number point number four, using his position and authority as a cherub, started a conversation with Eve in the garden with the intention to make them to obey him in order to take control and possession of the garden and rule from there. I will ascend into heaven, exalt my throne, and I will sit on the mountains of the congregation. Isaiah 14, verse 13. So the cherub, he knew the couple. The, he knew he got access to Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve looked at him with a great respect. He was in charge. He was mightier. He was bigger. He was wiser. And he was uh, in another dimension because he was a spiritual being. Adam and Eve were made of the dust of the earth. So that means they were limited to time and space, but the cherub wasn't. And that where the cherub used to uh, tempt and to seduce Adam and Eve to become like one of them because they were dimensionally able to transcend. They were spiritual beings. They were moving in different levels. Adam and Eve, they couldn't. It doesn't matter how they were, even without sin, they were human beings and they were made of the dust of the earth. That means they were limited to space, they were limited to time, and they were limited to move around. Even they have uh, God honored them, giving them certain right that they didn't give to the sheriff because God gave them the power to have dominion, to rule, and to procreate. And these three things that were never, uh, the, the, the sheriff or the spiritual being never was given any of these. And that where the, the jealousy start and the situation came to deal with a problem of, of finding his own status or his own 
rebellion or his own position, he wanted. Because he said in his heart, I will go. I will seat myself there. I will do it. Why I have to obey these humans? These humans need to obey me. I am high. I am big. I'm better than they are. And yeah. still today, human is still obeying Satan. And Satan is still the, the God of this world. And, and there is this idea always there. Okay? And this is confirmed. What I said to you, this is confirmed with, with Luke 4, verse 6, when the devil took Jesus to, to, to be tempted. He says, I will give you all the authority and the glory for it has been delivered to me and I will give it to whomever I want to. Uh, uh, so, so the enemy got a degree of authority and possession in the earth and he was able to achieve what he wanted. He was able to achieve a degree of, of deity, a degree of, uh, of, of, of taking away the couple that uh, God had created. And, um, and he was able to achieve with other guys too the, 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 the plan that they have in order to have their own kingdom. And that's where the situation comes to us today. Okay, okay. Are you here, guys? I've got a question. Yes, please. Um, so what's the timeline? Um, had, so Satan at that point hadn't called upon a third of the angels with him. The, the Bible says in the book of Ezekiel that he went and did trade. trade. He did a lot of trademen. He was trading with guys. And it looks like in the background he had deals with different kind of authorities that were supporting his vision. Even in the book of Genesis chapter 3, he never speaks plural, only speaks singular. He said to the serpent, you, and you will eat and you will walk, and that is a singular. So the curse in Genesis is singular, even though in Ezekiel 28, they actually prophesy to this particular cherubim, expect that he went and did treatment with all the rest of a, a guy that follow him. So there is a degree of understanding that he was uh, uh, working together with a team and they came down. Not necessarily one third, as the Bible said, because people have used that in the Catholic context and everyone repeated, but it, it never, the Bible doesn't say that in the book of Revelation, that one third of the angel fall there. No. It, it's another matter. But it did say that he, in the book of, uh, of Ezekiel 28, he did contratation, he did covenant, he did partaking, he was trading and leading with other guys. Mm. Okay. You okay? You okay, Martin? Questions? Yeah? Ian? <laughs> okay, okay, okay. We go, we go, we go here, yeah. okay. Yeah, I was going to say, um, in Genesis with um, yeah, this serpent. I think I think there's a translate. Well, I think when you translate the Hebrew, apparently the serpent sounds like a silvery thing, <laughs> yes. and um, it you know it was another being and it, it, like an angel. So I yeah, think yeah. when they go back to the original Hebrew, you see that um, the serpent was a, a glittery, silvery thing. Yeah. Yes. It was, I'll show you in a minute. It's here. I got that part, that's understanding well. Okay. 
So we have here what happened in the garden. Now, this is this is the secret. This is this is the reality. What happened in the garden in a nutshell? There, this is where the core of the understanding, because the Bible said the serpent said to the woman, "You won't surely die, for God knows that the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be as God, knowing good and evil." The word serpent in the Hebrew is translated nakash. The nakash. Nakash is the Hebrew word for serpent. And that we find it in Genesis 3. It is related to the nakash in a Hebrew word that he used anam. So surely you will die. It is the nakash speaking here. And he's speaking for us as a serpent. But in the Hebrew Bible, is the Nakash. And this is a particular noun given in the passage to this individual that is talking to Eve. In Isaiah 14, the same word, you are falling from heaven. They star, son of the morning, verse 12. This word, Nakash, give birth to the word, to the adjective, the shining one. And it's exactly the same. The day star or morning star is the shining one. And the shining one is the word Nakash as an adjective, meaning shining one. So in Genesis 3, it is a noun. In Isaiah 14, it's an adjective, the shining one that God qualified him in that respect. And then we move. We move to Ezekiel 28, and Ezekiel 28 is a little more complicated, but it's more clear because it says in Ezekiel, you were in Eden, in the garden of God, until unrighteousness was found on you. Verses 13 and 15, Ezekiel 28. Here, this particular word, nakash, give birth to the verb, nakash, in that respective order, but it's a verb. It's not an adjective, as in Isaiah. And it's not a noun, as in Genesis 3. Here, it is a verb. It's the action that he took. It's, the, it's, it's, it's concentrating an idea in the Hebrew that the nakash, or the root of this word, it is a deceiver. He was saying in the heart something, and he was portraying another role. So he was deceiving. In the Hebrew, means deceiver or diviner. One who deceives in order to get around with things. So in Ezekiel 28, the verb is, is very clear because it said you were in the Eden. And is this particular, uh, we call it preposition here in English or whatever, until righteousness was found in you. It is until give the action. And that's mm -hmm. until is the word of the verb of the nakash that is called the deceiver. Until you deceive, until where deceiving, divining, you were trying to, to understand the future. That is the, 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 whole, uh, uh, the whole property of God to do that, to know the future. So we have that the same word, Nakash, is used in three different passages. And the three passages speak of the same one. So who is the serpent in Genesis 3? The serpent in Genesis 3 is not a serpent, is a cherub. A cherubim who had a sort of kind of serpentine figure, let's say serpentine or something similar, 
but it's, it, it is a, a, a one who was in charge of the properties of God, the one that was in charge of worshiping God, the one that was in charge of bringing the music to God, because the Ezekiel 28 says that all the pipes, all the music were created for you uh, the day that you were made. The yeah, day yeah. you were created or were prepared for you. So the music and the wisdom, everything was given to him. So then Akash is the root of the, everything that happened in, garden, in the garden. And that's how we understand Genesis 3, because we take it alongside Isaiah 14, verse 12 onwards, and Ezekiel 28, verse 12 onwards too, and Genesis 3. And when you put the three pictures together with the previous understanding that he was in charge of the couple, and he was jealous of this couple. Well, why he was jealous? Well, he was jealous because to these earthly couples made of dust, they were no transcendent, they were no spirit like him. We're giving, first we're giving authority upon the earth. And the Bible never said that any spiritual being given any authority. They're giving a dominion. And the Bible doesn't say that the spirit being got any dominion. No, they're servants only. And also, they were giving procreation. God gave the ability to humans to procreate. And the angels cannot procreate. And there is another passage of Genesis 6 when angels decided to come down and look at, to the women and they decided to come to procreate. They wanted to have their own seat. Even they knew they're going to commit a sin. And that's another story, but it's a wonderful story. And that shows so clearly the jealousy that was in the heavenly realm when God created this couple or this young couple or this earthly couple that was Adam and Eve. And all that he brings into it was uh, an understanding that somebody, because there were no evil in those days, there were no nothing wrong in heaven. Somebody actually, it didn't exist, but it did have the ability to procreate it. And he said that the cherubim actually brought, give birth to corruption. And he corrupted himself. Interesting. He, 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 it was not that God corrupted him. It's not that God created him. It's because God gave him the ability to have a self-will, music, wisdom, power, understanding. He corrupted himself and he decided to use this not for the purpose that was given, but for himself. And even yeah. today, we got the, we got the, the well understanding that the, the Satan is the, the, the God of this of this world and being worshipped today in many ways. And he is still he is still deceiving people. He is still playing with divinity with humans. He is still being the shining one or trying to make himself the light, the lighter one. And he is still the serpent trying to contradict what God said in the word. Yeah. It's very good. Like that. Oh. No, let, let, let's, I know, <laughs> I know, I know where you are. Mm. Now, you know, the nakash is a Hebrew word. It's only found in this particular passage and another passage in the book of uh, uh, First Chronicles. Only that word. And you don't find the nakash anywhere else. Now, what I found very useful is, that in my 30 years of being in churches, I never heard any pastor preaching and telling me that the serpent in Hebrew is the Nakash. Yeah. It took me 30 years, 35 years to get 
to study and to read and to read and to uh, go to the moment to understand that the Nakash is a word, it's a Hebrew. And if you get a word in Hebrew that give you that particular name of that serpent, you have had all the root. You go to the root of that word and you will find the activity that that, per that particular noun will do. Because it's the same in English. In English, you get the royal, and you say the royalty, and you get the word royal or, or noble or whatever, monarchy, and you go to it and the root, where the root is being used, the monarchy, the deed, the, the this and that, the person, the title. At the end, you can make all a picture come into a reality or one word being used, if you do the study, all the ramifications and all the different uh, titles or different positions that the monarchy or the nobles believe they got. Mm. Uh, whereabouts is there somewhere in the Bible, I think it's in Genesis, where God um, describes what the, this, the, the, uh, the shiny one, what he looked like. He actually describes. Um, yeah, it's in, it's in, in, in Isaiah, Isaiah 14 is there, Isaiah chapter 12. I mean, you want to see it, it's, it's not difficult. Yeah. It, it's very clear. Mm -hmm. Well, you want to describe, he described what, sorry? He described, that, well, Satan at the, yeah. yeah. In which terms? It, it, what, what, he, what he was, he was like, um, he had like pipes and. Ah, that's right. Ezekiel, that's Ezekiel, Ezekiel 28, we go to here, and Ezekiel 28, you go to verse 12, and that is it, Ezekiel 28, son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyre, and then start to sail, verse 13, you were in Eden, in the garden of God, every precious stone was your covering, and then he go for the 12 different stones, Sardis, Topaz, Diamond, is Ezekiel 28, verse 13. And he says, and he says here, the workmanship of your tambourines and your pipes were, were prepared the day that you were created. Yeah, amazing. So the, the, the actual uh, definition or explanation of all this particular individual is great. It was quite unique. And, and verse 14, it says, you were the anointed cherubim who covers. And I said you, uh, I said in the holy mountain of God, so you have woke up and down in the midst of the stone of fire. The stone of fire was the stone where people worship in heaven. And it's a fire that came before God. And he was right there at the center. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Any question? Are we okay? Um, yeah? No? Good. Uh, good here. Sorry? All good here. Understanding it, I think, so far. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Hopefully you're understanding it. Yeah, guys. Yeah. You're sure. Yeah. So we move, we move, we move here. Mm -hmm. We move here. And this is what happened with Adam and Eve. This particular fall was on the 14th of the month of Nisan the day of the Passover, in the year one, when Adam was created. Adam was created on Friday the 6th of the month of Nisan, the year one. And this happened on, the fall happened 
on the 14th, that would have been a Monday, probably, at the Passover day. Oh, sorry, the Passover day would have been a Thursday, when actually the enemy tempted them. They were not too long in the garden, and they were in the lived nine days there. Hmm. Amen. Okay. Now, this is important to understand the synchronization of times. What Jesus did, you take it right to the beginning and you will find the same pattern. And what happened at the beginning also, you get it right to forward to Jesus and you get the same pattern. And that's, you want to know the truth, get it to Israel and God deliver in his own word to Israel in the Mayan Sinai, Sinai, he actually delivered the days and the hour. You should do it in this month. You should do it in this way. You should, you should uh, uh, slaughter the lamb in this way. At this particular time, you will do it. Yeah. Why is so much precise documentation and understanding to sacrifice a lamb? Because this is just an example of what is going to be done by the eternal sacrifice, the perfect sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ. And was, that was actually what he did. So we move from here, the Nakash, that he, we, we could believe that three passages speak very clear in this way of this particular spiritual being who create the Jacob in Genesis 3. Genesis 3, Genesis 1. Mm. That's another one. Yeah. So we go here. Now, to understand the beginning of creation, is uh, the earth was like this. Uh, at the beginning, Genesis 1.1, the earth was not like you see it today. It, this is a restoration of scientific understanding, it's not me, it's called Pangea. Uh, uh, Pangea is the earth before the great flood of Noah in the year uh, 2346 before Christ. The, the actual Pangea is the Greek a name given to Pan, which means entire, the whole, and Gia, or Jaya, the Mother Earth. So uh, uh, the continental drift theory was formulated by Alfred Werner in 1912. But actually, it is believed that before the Great Flood, it was a mass of Earth like this, all together in one place. Oh. This is actually a restoration. I have to be honest, this is not easy to do. It's no, it's no joking. I do believe it is right because the Bible says in those days that God created a garden in the, in the east. And the garden would have been here. This is Israel. This Turkey, Israel is here. The garden is somewhere here and it's actually the east. You know, but yeah. more or less, this is an idea. It gives us a good idea what would have been the earth on those days. Because here is the America continent. Here is the South America, here is Antarctic, you know, you get here the Africa continent, then you get here the Arabia or Middle East, and then you have here Europe coming, and then Russia and China at the other end. And all of them are there in one piece of land. And this is called Pangea. Pangea was the earth before the great flood. When the flood opened up and went for 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 hundred years of raining and everything went into that, uh, the actual mountains and rivers and, and ranges and all these and all you find today and the canyons, it happened with the flood. It did, it, the earth wasn't like that before. 
it was one place. Uh, somebody said something about the uh, slides. <coughs> yeah. I was going to ask the number, yeah. Because this is this is obviously a scientific understanding of, of the Earth. Um, and that kind of goes completely against young Earth creationism. Um, the scientific understanding is that the Earth is billions of years. How how do you kind of compute the two things? Well, for me, it's, it's, it's very simple. I follow the Bible, and I believe the Bible is in every degree truth. It's not historical. It's not scientific. God didn't want to write a book to... To, to, to bring understanding of you know, how the water boils, you know, the molecules get here and boil. No, it, it was just to do it. So if you get and you follow what the Bible said, you will follow and walk in the truth of what God has established here. Because you cannot believe, you cannot believe. Sorry? How literal, literal do we take the Bible? I mean, do we do we believe it was created in seven days? Is seven days is is one day a thousand years, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. I mean, how literal? Where do we go with it? Yeah, but this is this is one of the problems that we have today with the scholars and theologians, because the Bible, uh, the the purpose of the Bible is to to communicate truth and to communicate the truth of God. So if I believe in the integrity of Jesus Christ and the integrity of God, I don't believe he's going to put something there that means something else. It is the theologians, it is the scholars who have created all these ideas in order to discredit the word of God. But if the word of God says that God created the heaven and earth in six days, it means six days. Now, the primary... We also talked about a, a, a day being a thousand years and his yeah. in God and God being outside of time and there's a lot of so, so there's a lot of there's only very few scholars that now subscribe to young Earth. Oh yeah, no, 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 many, and that's that that's even that's even give me more understanding. I am in the truth because the Bible said at the end of the time the enemy will deceive anyone, and there's a lot of scientific people have totally been deceived. Since the evolution started with all the monkey idea and the cells coming into being and procreating and giving body, you know, the DNA, it got three million different letters inside a human being. And you're going to tell me that that was created by chances because it happened to be that one mutation came to another and gave life? Three million letters in the DNA? Isn't it possible to believe that the, the, the Earth is 13.8 billion and not believe in the evolutionary? Um, I mean, uh, no, no, but it's not like two sides. There, there are a lot of layers to this. No, no, there is, there is, there is one side. It's yeah, called yeah. God side. It's called God Bible. Nobody believed Noah in the day that he talked. This is going to be like the days of Noah. People are going to believe all sort of weird things today. Oh, the sign has soul ideas by wonder. But it's very simple. You take the Bible and there is a law interpretation. The first one is called 
that you will interpret the Bible as the primary word, as he said, he means. And what God said, he means, and he means what he said. And he said a tree doesn't mean it's a tree flying in the air and the universe that came from nowhere. No, He means a tree is a tree. He is communicating to me. He's not communicating to science. He's not communicating to technological physicists or physicist people of, of the 21st century. He was communicating to humanity. In the Bible says one day is a day. And actually is referred before. After that, the Lord Jesus said the day that God created Adam and Eve, it was a marriage. It was like this. He uses the same word day, 24 hours. When he uses uh, the week, we're still having the same week today. When he said there were a day, daylight and night light, it's 12 hours, it's still today moving the same. So what we're going to try to add it to it, and we're going to put idea that doesn't exist. But what day was the moon created? Sorry? What day was the moon created? That was on the fourth day. Fourth day, so how can you measure days when the day doesn't exist. So, I mean, the, the thing is, for me, I mean, I'm not talking about whether you believe in creationism, but there are plenty of scholars who believe uh, and have a theological, scriptural backing for old uh, creationism, old earth creationism. So, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's a lot of interpretation, but it's not only just interpretation. It's, it's the backing of, so do we believe that God somehow designed the fossils to look older than they really are? And, uh, so yeah, we very, go that far, believe that? It, obviously, if God says, let's say, like God created the, the, the monsters of the sea or the tree or the field, Obviously, the seed would have been there, but when he said that it was there and it finished, it was ready to prepare man to take ownership of the earth, those trees would have been producing fruit already. They would have been created in one moment when God said about what with tree, and the, and the seed would have been there, and the earth would have a little bit of chemical already working. I believe that God did it in one day. Now, the, the amount that is being put into that creation, understanding, I mean, it's, it's very difficult. Now, it's very difficult because if I try to discredit what God said in order to believe what uh, Hawkins said. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about creationism here. I'm not talking about evolutionary theory. I'm talking about creationism. There is young earth creationism and there's old earth creationism. And, and, and the, there's more consensus around old um, uh, creationism. I'm not yeah. even against, um, I don't know. <laughs> there, there's a lot of creationism, but uh, let's let put it in this way. Let's put it in this way. There are different kinds of people in the kingdom of God. And there are a lot of theologians. There are theologians who actually studied because they knew Greek and Hebrew, but they never had a real understanding with God. They never had a real encounter with God. And there's a lot of people giving opinions that go beyond of the strength of the opinion of God himself. And that's where I found very dodgy, very difficult. You start to take opinions that God doesn't give in the Bible. 
or put to the Bible more what I said or take the Bible less what I said. If the Bible said days, it's days. If, the, if God said there is the sea, the sea is still there today. If God said let there be earth and there were the fish and the fish is still there today. What am I going to doubt that? What am I going to try to believe that it's something else who is trying to Christianity in certain period of, of time and you go for different eras? No. He says seven days. And then people were. And the woman is still having babies that do, it lasts nine months. You know, and the fish is still multiplying live fishes. And, and the mammal do it. exists until day four. So how can you measure days? If it weren't invented until day four. <laughs> so no, it's just no, it, it, is, it is because God did it the day. Now, what he did is to reorganize and put things in place. It's simple. It's not, it's not complicated. He's the creator. When he said that in verse, in verse three, he said, let it be light. It's his own light. He's manifesting himself. Because could you imagine you being the creator of, of or your own project in the work and then you are going to hand it over to somebody else, and you're not going to say that you did it, how you did it, how it came to you. Yeah. When you do your work and allow somebody else to use it, and then you never express it yourself. It got, it's not that the earth was drawn and something was bad, and, and the earth was, uh, the spirit was moving upon the earth. All this is, it is God explaining and giving a chance to humans to understand how He did it. He, did, he would have done it in a second, in a minute. He would have said, let it be all in once. But he organized yeah. it. He went it slowly, day by day. He numbered it. Yeah. The actual cardinal number make it very clear that it's a, it's a continuity of chronological time. One day, the second day, the third day, the fourth day. If I follow and that if, line. Yeah, if we take that, like, the Bible is literal, there are several verses in the Bible that talk about the earth being immovable. Yes. Standing still. being, And, and we know that the earth isn't immovable. It actually moves. So how far do we take that literal? Yeah, well, that's it. That one you need to study a little bit of uh, theology with me. You need, you need to understand the law of interpretation. Literal interpretation is appropriate when it's a narrative that is being communicated to others. Could be that is metaphorically. The Bible says, my man, God said in Job, he said to Job, you know the bars and the foundation that the earth is. There's no bars and the foundation. There's nobody put a foundation down in the earth there made for concrete. There's nothing. We know that it's truly there's nothing. What God is saying is, you know how establishes the earth. I cannot explain, I cannot talk to you, Job, in the physics and the analytics or what the earth is. I have to put you understanding. He communicated to him metaphorically according to the understanding of the person. So what is metaphorically? Days of a thousand years. Sorry? And that, 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 what you've just said is like, it's metaphorical. So absolutely. No, no, that's not metaphorical. That's not metaphorical because, because, no, in order to have something metaphorically, you need, you need not to find a truth in the first time, in the first and the primal stages. You find something that the, the Bible says, for example, that uh, the sun rises on the east. That's metaphorically, because the sun never rises. It's still moving around the same way. 
It's a way of talking for people to understand that there is a morning and there is a night. But it's not the, the sun is rising anywhere. It's where we are moving. Now, in, in the first instant, you haven't got a truth. So you go for the second one. Metaphorically, in metaphorically, all we have behind that, there is a truth to explain. It, it is a truth. You want to know something about good, about that? I buy this book. Buy this book. It's called Think With. It's excellent. It will explain it to you. You know, it will. I, I, I want you to have it. I, I really, Diego. You know. Mm. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm, I'm obviously working in the media. And all the time, you know, everything always comes up um, in education as well. They always talk about the earth being billions of years old. You know, they found a new <laughs> fossil or they found a new, um, um, a bit of something that was created years ago, but they always love to kind of, there's always this emphasis anyway of billions of years. And I must admit that naturally always grated a bit with me because I just thought, well, things do happen quickly. And I mean, it's amazing, you know, in our short lifetime, just how quickly computer technology has developed from virtually nothing you know, no one had a computer, no one had a smartphone. And, um, you know, you think, you know, to sort of say billions of years old, because um, man's created a, an instrument that kind of carbon dates, it doesn't mean it's dating it. It's dating it from a science point of view, but it doesn't mean it's truth, you know? So, yeah. and in a way, um, I'm not a big theologian and I'm not a major academic, but I think there was just a natural kind of witnessing that science wasn't always giving the answer, you know. See, sadly to say, there, there were a time when all the scientific or the science and mathematician and the, and the physicists from Cambridge, Harvard and, and, and all, for all of them follow the Bible and they find the truth. That's why we have a great understanding. 850 onwards, they decided to remove the Bible and to start to listen to uh, Darwin and to start to believe in the theory of creation. And then science ran up to a level of, of corruption and it started to be corrupted from inside, creating ideas that nobody could prove, not even themselves could prove. Because the last, the last evolution question is, they said that a cell came and produced, well, Whatever it is at the, at the beginning, let's put it, where does light come from? Because you cannot have light out of nothing. Yes. Only God produced light. There's no life out of nothing. You can, the earth could not produce life. So, so th th those in evolution. In, in the Bible, you have the primary understanding or interpretation as it reads. The Bible as it reads. Number two, metaphorically. Metaphorically, Metaphorical uh, interpretation is, 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 is the backing one when the idea, the prime idea, is not understood or is not clear. So metaphorically, you go with the metaphor and then you find to the metaphor a particular truth that is behind the metaphor. It's a truth always. Even when Jesus said that metaphorically, you know, you cut your hand or take out your eyes so you go to heaven, metaphorically speaking, but he's saying a great truth behind that metaphor is do not sin, do not corrupt yourself, and do not lose your place in heaven. So, it, it, and after that metaphorically truth, 
he goes to the third level when it's poetically or theatrical or dramatized do I need to be understood in that level. Yes? Can I just say something? I, yeah. I was just thinking, you know, when it says, you know, it was the morning and the evening of the first day, the evening and morning of the second day, because God created the birds of the air. Now, either God created them like that, or maybe he took 10,000 years to make them. What do you think? How big is our God? You know, if you think it's an old earth, therefore, when he said, I make the birds of the air, some people think, well, if it's an old earth, it took him 50,000 years to make the birds. And he, when he made us out of dust, you think he thought, well, I've got to be out of dust here, but it's going to take me, you know, a few hundred thousand years to make this human. No, we were made from the dust like that. And it's obvious. Why would he put in, it was the morning, and then it was the evening of the first day? He could have said, well, we'll just made it, make your own mind up how long it took me to make it. Yeah. And, and, and saying that, that that is, is very right, right. What I said. Saying that, we go back to the first, it's called the law of the first uh, occasion, the first intention. We go back to the first sin. What the serpent said to Adam and Eve is, did God say this? And he changed it slowly and introduced them to something else. That is, that is, it is, it is a specific. The yeah. enemy took the signs and uh, I mean, we, we are talking that this creation thing has been believed for, 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 for 5,000 years. It's in the last 200 years that have been changed. Believe me. Creation has been there, always was respected, always was seen as natural. And the Bible was the, the word of God or the book of God that was given to humanity. And the creation came 200 years ago, 150, no more than that. But before that, all the world believed in creation, a certain degree of creation. Even in, in, the, in, the, in the mythological gods, one god killed another, and then out of the stomach came the earth, and they were creating things. He happened to believe in those sort of ideas. But uh, the, the, the lie that the enemy put to Adam and Eve, you just challenge what God has said, and then he changed the nature. Scientists today, and anyone, if you challenge what God said, you are going to end up in the wrong track. Do not challenge it. Do, yeah, I was, do I was thinking also, actually, I, well, it's helpful to me anyway, but decay is fast. So generally, unless you embalm them, <laughs> if you stick a body, um, a dead animal in the, in the earth, it will yeah, decay yeah. very fast, you know. Yeah, it'll, be gone. I agree. it'll be gone within a week. That's um, why I thought and that's then I suddenly life. thought also that um, when Jesus did the healing, certainly of the eyes, he kind of got the got some mud, spittle, and put it in their eye, and this healing happened really fast, didn't it? From the um, yeah, yeah. from the dust to the eye, and Jesus did that. You know, he was the creator, and he basically it seems like that blind person had a created new eye. Absolutely. Fast. Yeah. But for me, God uses science day in, day out. He, he is the, the ultimate architect. He understands the physics, the biology, the chemistry, and everything. He is the one who puts it all together. And, and my, my, my problem, parking Darwinism, I'm not talking about Darwinism, I'm not talking about evolutionary 
theory. I'm talking about creationism. My, my concern is we diminish that modern science can't coexist and we're diminishing the view and ignoring how we understand this evolutionary tell. Uh, we, don't, we don't stay behind on a, a view we had 800 years ago. God forbid I am the same person, believe the same thing I believed two years ago, let alone 800 years ago. So for me, this is an unpacking and unfolding. And for me to, to stay so now focused on, on a view that is so discredited and potentially actually a different view is backed up um, theologically and theologically sound and scientifically sound. So that, that's where, where I'm coming from. No, I'm not talking about Darwinism. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, all this whole uh, conversation. Um, uh, Fernando, could you pop that, um, that book, um, those details in the chat afterwards? Yes, I will. I'm really, really interested to read that because this is something I kind of wrestle with as well in various different ways, let alone the whole um, uh, creationism, but also the Darwinism <laughs> and evolution, as you well know. So the more I can read around this, the better with, uh, with some good kind of biblical background to it. But it is to say miracles come out of the lab as well. So it's not putting science completely out the window. Obviously, you know, whatever you think of inoculation, there's an inoculation. <laughs> um, and then there's um, amazing things where, you know, it does help people get healed, you know, chemotherapy perhaps, or just amazing things that um, scientists create, you know, to, to make people well. So God does use that, you know. So we're not saying, all, you know, everything out the lab is wrong you know no well science what science is trying to do is describe and understand the physical world isn't it so it, it doesn't claim well it mostly doesn't claim to answer all the questions it's more of a journey and understanding what god has done and what a surprise you know um our understanding changes over time because we're not god uh, and our ability to understand what he's created isn't complete. And, and probably this side of eternity never will be. So I find it very interesting as a subject anyway, not least of all because um, I've got that kind of scientific background, sadly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Go, go. Um, I've got a question. Oh, sorry. I just want to, I just want to say real quick, Ted, if it's okay. Sorry. Um, it's just like an opinion because I have zero science background. I still think that the fact that salary showed up on my month every 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 month is like a miracle on its own. But practically what I'm trying to say is um, when Bible speaks about that God created, let's say, Eve in the Adam's image, they he they he didn't create her as a baby to grow up. He created her in certain sort of age looking at that age. So the way I kind of see what happened through those days, that God created the carbon measurement. He created all the things the way they, they, they were. So maybe they might appear older than they actually might have been, if it makes sense. Um, that's kind of the understanding I always had in my head. That's why I find this conversation kind of interesting to kind of go, go to more in detail. And I totally get what you're saying. In a way, it's kind of confusing. But at the same time, um, I think 
when I was like really, so I was, I kind of grew up in church from nine years old. And when I was at this kind of question, I was like, so is the dinosaur real? You know, was it real? Was it not real? And how did it fit into like, you know, did it live in a forest, but is, did it kind of walk on the trees and it was like tickling his feet or something? I was like, break all the trees. And I'm like, I was, I was a kid, right? So it's a judgment. But the point was that um, the youth leader at the time, they said, you know, it's like something out of 3D world for a 2D drawing like you have tiny 2d drawing which doesn't know the third dimension and then the 3d person is looking at a 2d drawing saying like well you could move there there up and down or you can also just step up and i think that's kind of something beyond my understanding to kind of like see i'm like andy i don't really have the scientific background in any way but i always kind of it's more of I, I, i'm kind of like more offering the different opinion rather than and i think like valuable crazily valuable but um it's just interesting to hear the conversation. So, yeah. uh, what you said, uh, Martin, what you said is true. There is a law of the early appearance that is is, is theologically accepted. Yes, Ian, please. Um, well, I'm just thinking that you can't doubt that God can do anything. He can create the earth in a day if he wanted to. Absolutely. And I was okay. just think, thinking ahead. We've been talking a lot about the end times and that, you know, the, we will destroy the earth and, and God will come along just in the nick of time and stop us completely destroying it. But then he transforms the earth, doesn't he, for the thousand year millennial reign. Yep. So he's going to return it back to like it was almost the beginning of time. Well, he doesn't say, right, I've got a million, billion years. You've got to sit around till I recreate the earth. He's going to yeah. do it like that. That's how I see it, anyway. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. The, the 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 understanding of science today, the role that science plays with theology, is to try to find the origin of life and the origin of man. That's where they collapse. So they're where they join together. Now, it is right to believe the Bible, obviously. But it is, it is more right to believe what the Bible is saying, not what the Bible is not saying. For example, people said in Genesis 1, 2, it said that from verse 2 to verse 3 of Genesis 1, there were a gap and something happened in the middle. It doesn't say that the Bible. You, you, cannot, you cannot start to create ideas around what it's supposed to. You, know, you have to believe what the Bible says. And that's the integrity of the word of God. He will speak and he will speak and he will bring it to right. Now, how do I understand it? I don't understand it all because I'm not scientific. But uh, that's why I look for this material and this book and this reading because this guy is so brilliant. And they got a lot of lectures in, 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 the, in YouTube of these guys talking in different universities like Harvard, or, you know, with people, scientific knowledge and things like that. You need to be a little bit patient and to spend an hour and a half listening in very heavy terms, and I do, in order to learn, in order to receive it, because that's the only way that I can change myself. Anyway, uh, Diego, it, it is great, great to, 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 the input that you give me and the understanding open up our, our desire to study more. But at the same time, uh, to have you here is the day that I could be able to show the book, and I want you to read it, please. Places. I'll definitely look get into it. that. Um, get it. Get I, have, it. I have a friend that I have these conversations with about young earth sure. creation and gap creationism, even less people 
uh, it has an even smaller following. Um, but uh, just a, I'd like to comment on what um, sure. Martin mentioned. Um, that, that whole perspective thing of, of dimensions um, really blew my mind one day. When, if you think about 2D and 3D, right? If you have a cylinder, right? If you look at a cylinder from one angle, it's, it's a rectangle. If you look at a cylinder from another angle, it's a circle. And yet you and I know it's a cylinder. And so, so if there was a fourth dimension, a dimension that is outside of time and space, is that we cannot even comprehend it. We can, we can comprehend a, a circle and, and, and a cylinder because we understand 2D and 3D, but it's like a fourth dimension. And, and that for me was the analogy of like, whoa, maybe it's not for me to understand because um, um, that's what God says. It's, it's not for us to understand it all here and now. Maybe in the future we will understand the fourth dimension. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Uh, before we go, because the time is coming to an end, it's 9.30, which you finish. I know you, you told oh, that was to go. Andy? Andy, are you there? Andy Shock. Sorry, I was in the chat. <laughs> yeah, Sorry, Andy, oh, will you tell me who is having the Bible study this Saturday with the men's uh, breakfast? I, you are. <laughs> yes. So uh, you, you kindly invited me to, uh, to, to speak on, um, uh, following on from Rob's uh, message about the... Uh, the names of God. So uh, I, uh, I've been looking at two different ideas and I'm still not sure which one I'm going to land on. But uh, yeah, I'll bring a little something. Okay. And Fernando, I'll speak to you before the time about a, a bit of prep as well. Sure. That's fine. That's fine. Saturday, nine o'clock is the breakfast. You come to be earlier, come here, it's no problem. And if we will do it at the garden, if it's not possible because of the weather, we will do it here and the flat. Okay. There yeah. will be great breakfast and great time. Bring prepare. Come yourself. You got a friend, bring it along. There's no problem. Okay. I'm sad that Diego is not here with us because he said he's my friend and I really want him to be here. You know? um, a question Are you going to allocate what people bring so that we've got a nice balance? Stuff? Yes. Well, yes, you're right, actually. Uh, I, I, we've done it here. I mean, you use who wants to bring what? It's we've got. I'll bring sausages. Sausages. Uh, let me write it down here. Sausages, Ted. And then. What else? I'll bring bacon. All right, you beat me to it. I'll bring some eggs then. Eggs? I need a dozen of eggs, minimum. A dozen eggs, okay. Yeah. How many sausages? Uh, sausage, we were 10. We, you had to bring about 18 or 20. Two ish. Okay. Yeah. Same with the bacon? Same with the bacon, yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, you can bring not very, the thick one, not the thin one. Okay. So. It will last. Yes. What else? Um, so bread. French bread. Yes. Orange juice. Cheese. Yeah. Who else? Alan, Alan said he'll bring the orange juice. Orange juice. Alan. Yeah. His microphone's not working. No, it's in the chat. Um, yeah. I'll bring beans again then. <laughs> beans and bread. I think we still... Oh, that bread we've got. Yeah, beans I got beans. Then. I still have beans from the last time. I got a couple oh, of do beans. You? <laughs> yeah, what I haven't got is tomato, tomato. Yeah, tomato. I'll bring tomatoes. I'll bring mushrooms, maybe mushrooms. Somebody. Mushrooms, please. Yes, yes. Please. If somebody can bring nice bread, a couple of baguette or uh, sweet bread or something. Yes, drop. I, I, I'll bring the bread. 
Oh, Rob's going to bread, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Richard, are you going to be with us? I should be, yeah. But uh, is anyone bringing the mushrooms in? I can bring the mushrooms again. That's good. And onion. Yeah. Yeah. Do you like, do you like the onion and mushroom that I did for you? Yeah. yeah you did very well. You, you're obviously a good chef. About some, tom some tomatoes as well, Richard. Okay. Let me see the couple of chat here. Martin? Um, I'm working as usual. Like oh, man. Oh. Retail, though. Someone has to work. That's why we've got you Europeans over here, isn't it? <laughs> of, of course, that one tried to be That's friends terrible. with all the community <laughs> to be able to stay in this country. <laughs> Good. You're welcome. You're nearly as good as us, you know. <laughs> Thank you for that lovely Borat impersonation. <laughs> no. thank, thank goodness it wasn't the video version with the mankini. <laughs> I love it. No, I don't have I don't have a body for that, but uh, this is my new wife. Uh, you can uh, buy the most watches. <laughs> yeah. I'm half Asian. There's not much, you know. It could easily slip either way, and then it gets really awkward. So, <laughs> go Welsh in a minute. <laughs> We're missing Albert. Fernando, have you heard from Albert? No, not today. I haven't heard from him. No. <coughs> no, I understand he is difficult for him on Saturday because he works sometimes. Uh, it yeah. doesn't work. He has to go with Cynthia to do a few things he got to do. So uh, he said it would be difficult for him to attend on Saturdays. Oh. Yeah. So, but we'll be there. We are looking forward to hear our brother Andy. It was very good, Rob, the other day. Brilliant. Yeah, it's a tough, it's a tough act to follow. Uh, I'm not promising much. I want to set expectation bar very low. <laughs> no, it's I'm just way out of my comfort zone. It'll just be different. That's all. It will be different. It will definitely be different. Uh, just to say, uh, we actually we were in Crawley at the weekend. We did actually catch up with Cynthia and Albert, and they're, and they're doing fine. Oh, oh good, good. good. They send their love, and uh, Albert uh, is, is uh, he. Uh, He's missing us on a Saturday morning, but uh, just for now, just for this season, he won't be able to make it. Yeah. Okay. 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 Oh. Uh, good. Well, I think it's a good time to finish. It's nine thirty past already. Okay. We 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 should we should finish here with a prayer. Uh, that that uh, uh, you want to pray for us and to bless us, do you? Who who wants to pray? Amen. Amen. One only one two. Diego looks keen. Oh, Diego, you've been chosen. You've been chosen. You've been chosen. You've been chosen, Diego. For the second time. <laughs> oh, thank you, Lord Jesus, for this opportunity to come together and listen to wisdom and expand our minds over your word, our God. To grow with you as a single day. Um, we pray for every single guy here, even those who are not, Albert. Uh, let this be a week of uh, blessing uh, in all the things that we do. Thank you that we have that ability to have a relationship with you, rely on you. Um, let us really take you as a source of our wisdom, inspiration, and purpose in everything we do. Amen. 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 God bless you guys. Thank you. Really lovely Bye. having you around. Thank you, Diego. Thank you, Diego.
Bless you. Take care of yourself. Thanks, Fernando. See you. See you on Saturday. Saturday, nine o'clock. Saturday. Bye bye. Bye bye.